Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clip and Roll. I'm once again your host, Justin Russo. And joining me once again is Tomer Azarli of Clutch Points because I can't get rid of him. Tomer. What's going on, buddy? How you doing today? How's how's life? How's how's the world treating you? Uh, the world's treating me well. Uh, Call of Duty life has not been well of late, but that's okay. Everything else is going well, so I can't complain at the moment. Can't complain too much. Call of Duty kind of screwed us, huh? Well, uh, we got to find a new game to play now because Akimbo Double Barrel Shotguns, yes, we're those guys, are no longer available. I mean, well, they are, but they're just weak as hell. I'm going to miss jumping off of high places and double shotting someone in the face. <laughs> gone are my dreams. Gone are my dreams. Gone, gone, gone are also the uh, trash talk we get from, from, from everyone else saying, oh my God, OP guns. Oh man, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Making people mad on Call of Duty is just, it's the Kermit injecting heroin meme. <laughs> and the gif of that, that's what it is for me. I need that. I need the anger from people. That's what I need. Um, what have you been up to the last couple of days? You've been watching anything new? Because I, I, I started watching a couple new shows. So I was curious if you watched anything. Uh, I haven't been. What have I been watching? I watched. Uh, uh, I did watch the Idris Elba Suicide Squad the other day uh, for the first time. I watched the. A plus. Um, what was it? I think I told you about the uh, Hitman's Bodyguard wife or something like that. I think it was. Yes. Um, with Ryan Which Reynolds. you did not and... know was a sequel. Yeah, I mean, guys, give me a break here. I'm watching movies. I listen to doing that. Um, other than that, it's really been uh, just basketball for the most part. Um, you know, basketball and making kids cry on Call of Duty. So, um, you know, just like Reggie Jackson said the other day, I love playing at home, but I I love the hate. That's how I feel, and that's why I use the Akimbo double barrel shotguns. I love the hate. I need people to complain and um, just – can I curse? Yeah. Who's, who gives a shit? Oh, I just need people to bitch at me in the, in, in, in the mics, in the, in the little text chat in the boss, in the bottom. I need people to bitch at me and let me know that they're mad. It makes me feel good. And now I can't do that anymore. So now I got to do something else. I got to find something else. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. I'm not happy right now, man. I'm not a happy camper. <laughs> well, I've been watching uh, the new Peacemaker series on H- HBO Max with John Cena. I just binged the first four episodes today. Love it. It's an exquisite series. Love. So you've seen the new Suicide Squad with Idris Elba and John Cena's in that. You might yes. as well start watching, Pe- start watching Peacemaker, dude. I'm, I'm Just trust me. Just trust I, me I, on that. I watched the I actually this came in my timeline basically an hour ago. It was a snippet of him having a conversation with an old man uh, about him being. Is a it superhero. about Batman? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, Batman is one of my favorite superheroes. But honestly, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, like... you need to, you're gonna you're gonna love the show. <laughs> you're gonna love the show. That was fantastic. The other show I've been watching is the the second season just started the other day. Uh, it's a show on HBO called Righteous Gemstones. I know you haven't watched it, but it is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Uh, it has John Goodman in it. And basically, they're a family that's like a, televangel- a televangelist family. 
uh, or evangelical, I guess, uh, like, like preacher family is, I guess, what they are. And they make they have like all this money, but it's so funny. It is so funny. Uh, Danny McBride is in it. Uh, several other really funny people are in it. It's just, I, I know I've said funny like 30 times. It's just very funny. And every time I watch an episode, I come away from it just laughing my ass off because it's just so over the top. But uh, look, what wasn't funny is how the Clippers lost on Wednesday night in Denver to the Nuggets. Uh, they ended up losing by two in overtime. I want to say it was like 130, 128, if I remember correctly. Reggie Jackson had a shot to win the game from half court and a hit backboard, hit iron, did not go in. So the Clippers lost their second game of the year in overtime. They're 0-2 in overtime, but they're actually 500 in regulation. So at least they have that going for them. Um, look, let's just start off right off the top. That's a crappy loss. Not in like... Not in like that's a bad loss in terms of like that's a game they shouldn't lose, whatever. Like, no, like that's a tough loss to take. It's heartbreaking. Um, I I it's it's a very shitty way to start an eight-game road trip, you know? Um yeah, I mean <laughs> you wanna you wanna get any road trip started off on the right foot and to um well to just have it start off and well, it's such a heartbreaking loss. I mean, you don't have uh, Nicholas Batum, they found out um, before the game. Well, possibly a little bit after, a little bit, a little bit before the game, they found out they had they had good notice. But to play with that game without Nick Batum, to play that game without Marcus Morris for personal reasons, uh, Luke Kennard comes back in his first game, um, and you Justice essentially Winslow. Justice Winslow came back, but I think he, he was available the other game too. Um, I guess the Pacers, but yeah, essentially just to have those guys back and to be so shorthanded, to play such a good game, to, to, to get a really good Reggie game. I mean, they were, they were 10 and one coming into that game when Reggie scores at least 20 points and to, to just have it end that way. Um, there's Zubats. If Zubats had a career high, 32 points. Um, it was just a fantastic all around game. I would say from them, from, from everyone who played, I think Brandon Boston made, made a good impact, you know, I think Amir Coffey didn't didn't have the uh, kind of the pop and, and the you know the presence on both ends that we were used to seeing, but I thought he was okay. And uh, there were just you know a lot of things that you could have. I, I, if there is a gripe to come out of that game, it's maybe Terrence Mann not pulling up for that three pointer he had wide open with about five seconds left in regulation. Uh, instead, faking it, taking two dribbles, and earning himself a nice shot clock violation. Um, which gave the Nuggets a chance to win the game at the buzzer, which they did not enforce overtime. But it's just one of those games where, like, they played so well top to bottom, uh, beginning to end, and you kind of just hate to lose that game. The, the loser of that game was going to be very, very upset because Nikola Jokic had a 49-point triple-double. Uh, Aaron Gordon had 28 points um, for himself. So there were, there were a lot of guys who played really well in that game. Uh, you know, even Monte. Mon- Monte Morris had 19 points, so like everyone contributed for them, and uh, whoever lost that game was going to be very upset, and it ended up being the Clippers, and uh, you kind of, I mean, you kind of just got to move on. I I don't know how 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 else to say it. Um, it. It was a tough game, a tough loss, tough way to start a road trip. I think if you start that road trip with a win, it kind of sets the tone for you uh, for the remaining seven games, but. Um, I I don't know. Part of me, I might be, I might be. This might be just my opinion. But part of me would almost like, if this is me, I'd rather just get blown out 
then lose a heartbreaker like that. Because you can kind of just go, all right, we just had a bad overall game. Let's throw this tape away and move on. But to lose a game like this was just, 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 just rough. I don't necessarily disagree with you from, from that viewpoint of like, if, if you get blown out, you can throw it away. I do agree with that. I also, while moral victories are not, you know, they're not great. Like, it's like, oh, that's cool. But like, who, like you didn't win the game, so who cares? I do think this is a legitimate moral victory game for them. Like, they played so well, and they've found something offensively the last couple games. Um, granted, Indiana's not a good defense, but at the same time, Reggie Jackson, you talked about him. He has 28 and 12 in this game, 12 assists. Um, he was 9 of ten, uh, nine of 11 on twos, and he was 7 of 9 in the paint. Uh, if you go back to the second half against Indiana, he was 4 of 5 in the paint of that game. So you're talking about a guy who was 11 of 14 in the paint over the last, you know, six quarters, I get, well, six quarters and overtime of basketball. So he's found and, and, and Reggie, when he talked after the Indiana game said he he's started to realize he needs to start playing with more force. He needs to stop settling so much. He needs to start getting, you know, forceful downhill to the rim. We saw that in the fourth quarter where he just time and time again, just took advantage of Nikola Jokic getting switched on to him reigning MVP, by the way, and just took advantage of him time and time again. That's a great side. It reminded you of the Reggie Jackson that showed up against Rudy Gobert in the postseason, who showed no fear, took it to him. It was what it was. Um, obviously Avica Zubats has a career high night, 32 points. And it's not even just 32 points. He scored 10 points in, in the fourth quarter and eight points in overtime. So he was a big part of their offense in the in the nuts and bolts part of this game where everything got tight. He was their big guy to go to offensively. Um, I think he only scored one fewer point than Jokic did during that time, which is or two fewer points, which is kind of wild to think about. But um, yeah, like Zoo was great, Reggie was great. You got a great Brandon game. Bledsoe was good. Um, everything else was kind of missing. Uh. Well, I mean, Justice Winslow was good, though. I do want to say that. Justice Winslow was good, pushing the pace. Isaiah Hartenstein looked good. But beyond that, Serge looked okay. Amir looked okay. Terrence looked okay at times. The hesitation has been a very big factor in his season and his development this year. I, you and I have talked about this. I, we've talked with other people about this. We cannot, for the life of us, understand and fathom why he would be so hesitant, especially because you think about it from the aspect of the game six that he had against Utah. He was very confident shooting the shots that he was given. That hasn't happened this year. He does display confidence sometimes and a quick trigger, which is good, but there's other times where he's way too hesitant and watching Reggie Jackson's reaction to Terrence Mann turning down that shot at the end of the fourth <laughs> quarter, like the video of it. I don't know if the videos surfaced, you and I saw the video amongst ourselves and the, on the video, Reggie is losing his mind and very demonstrative and, and very fed up that Terrence didn't take the shot. Um, it happens though. It happens. The loss isn't on Terrence, man. The loss isn't on anyone in particular. It's not even on the refs. The refs weren't great, but it's not even on the refs. Like it's a game in which Aaron Gordon hits a season high in threes, including the game winner in the corner because Nikola Jokic makes a pass that probably only he can make. 
So you just tip your hat and you move on at this point, as far as I'm concerned. But the loss hurts. But I think process-wise, there was a lot in that game that the Clippers can pull from and kind of lean on going forward as they begin the next seven games on this East Coast road trip. I mean, it wasn't just just going back to that <laughs> that shot that Terrence didn't take. If you watch the clip, it wasn't just Reggie Jackson. It was Isaiah Hartenstein. It was uh, I believe it was Brandon who was on who was on the court with him, or maybe on the, someone was. On, I think it was on the bench. Um, I think even Ty was just like shocked that he didn't put it up. Uh, and then you know, once he goes to the bench, if you watch the Clippers broadcast. Um, Terrence is just irate at himself, like grabbing his own head. Just he screamedly let out a yell. He was just very, very upset with himself. And um, yeah, I mean, when you have a game where you, where you, I think you, I don't even know how many he attempted. I, he, I know he made seven threes, but what did he attempt? 10, 9, 11? Who, Reggie? Whatever he attempted. No, no, no. In, in the game six against Jazz, whatever, whatever Terrence Mann attempted that game, like he was confident. He was letting it fly. There was no hesitation. For whatever reason, this year that has not been the case. He almost seems like too concerned about taking the wrong shot or, or making the wrong play. And I mean, <laughs> funny thing is to pass up on the shot in regulation, and then to take a transition three from the wing like a minute later, a minute and a half later in overtime was just like, wait, that's the three that you end up taking. Like that one, you could say maybe was a bad shot or you shouldn't have taken that, but that's the one you end up taking. So like it's it's just confusing. But like you said, it's not they didn't lose the game on that. Um, it, I, I, I tend to, I tend to, um, I, I don't want to blame the officials on this, but there were a couple calls in there that were very questionable, like Justice Winslow boxing out Jokic and being called for no, for, 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 for a loose ball foul. Uh, the goaltending that wasn't called, there were f- five missed calls or five incorrect calls from last night's last two minute report. Uh, you know, the, there was a goaltend call. There was. You know, the, the foul that could have been Zeus 6 that, that had to be reviewed and you had to waste a challenge on that. So it's um, not so the reason they lost the game, but it definitely did have an impact. So um, I, I don't want to say that they're blameless here. But uh, I think, you know, the Clippers just at, at the end of the day, they could have made the place to win. Like, you know, if Reggie Jackson hits that half court shot at the buzzer, we're probably not having these conversations right now. So um, it is what it is. Now you got to go and. Um, Play the guy who is oh I think he's leading the league in free throws uh, attempted per game this year in Joel Embiid at about eleven a game so um, yeah that's going to be a heck of a challenge going from Nikola Jokic to Joel Embiid but um, you know I don't want to call it a moral victory because I don't think you can you can really have that with a team like this but um, I think you do need a string to get some wins I think what was it we talked I think I said three and five on this road trip is what I thought they would go. So, um, so far, uh, you know, the Denver game, I didn't think was going to be a win. I just think that it hurts to lose it the way you play that entire time. But, um, you know, not a game they're supposed to win. So uh, we'll kind of see how they bounce back from that and go into this, the remaining seven games of this trip. Yeah, it's just, it's just a tough loss to have at the beginning of the trip. But I think it's a building one. I, I, I think... Now, there's two ways this can go. The first way is this demoralizes them mentally because the game was there for the taking and they had it several times. And then it sends them on a downward spiral. They're on this East Coast road trip and they're just not able to get out of the cellar in any game. And it turns into a disastrous trip. The other side is they come out of this very pissed off 
very motivated, very together. Because Reggie had a quote after the game where he said he he's looking forward to getting to know who we are. And long road trips allow teams sometime to bond. Not saying there's anything wrong with the Clippers chemistry. There isn't. The Clippers chemistry is fine. It's good. The vibes are great. But it's also when you go on the road, you're able to really find out what your team is made of mentally, physically, emotionally, schematically, everything under the sun. So I think this could this loss, the way that they lost, could motivate them into having a halfway decent to solid road trip. I'm not saying they're going seven and one, but maybe three and five still, maybe four and four. I don't know. But there were great positives to take away from that game. Avica Zubat's career night of 32 points. Um, they did this, as you mentioned, without Nico and Marcus. And they're both questionable for Friday's game in Phil- Friday night's game in Philadelphia. Then there's, you know, the fact that Reggie's getting downhill a lot more. Brandon is still a good catch and shoot option. Luke Kennard was getting some absolutely incredible looks. He just happened to miss them in his first game back. So I think the positives of the game far outweigh the negative result of the loss. And while we talked about in the previous podcast the other day about how the process doesn't matter so much anymore, you just need the results. That's still true. But you also got to look at the process in this game and say the result wasn't there, but the process was excellent. And you just got to kind of move on from it. Um, do you want to talk about how Ty was absolutely enraged after the game and needed seven minutes? I'm a hyper, I'm hyperbolizing right now about how he needed seven minutes, but like he took a very long time to get his shit together post game. It was, it, it, I, I've never seen him like this. I mean, Seven minutes is a bit of an exaggeration, but it was, it was a legitimate two minutes. It was about a minute and 50, I think. So, um, yeah, he was upset. He needed to collect himself, which, I, you know, I've never, never really seen him like that after a game. But um, I, I think the, the, the best part is that he never even got to uh, – he never complained about what he was really frustrated about. I mean, if you knew if, – if you watched the game, if you looked at the box where you kind of figured it out by yourself, um, it was the Jokic shot more free throws than his entire team, but um, I, I was impressed that he was able to collect himself and kind of just move on from that without getting himself into too much trouble. So, um, I mean, it is what it is. Just you know, he's a passionate coach. He's he's a guy who really wants to see his guys succeed. I think he really felt like they deserved that game, and uh, unfortunately, they 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 fell short. So, um, nothing you can really do about that at this point. You just gotta kind of move on and just. Uh, Try to try to get the next one. The next one is in Philly. Um, they do have a. I mean, Philly, New York, Washington, Orlando, Miami, Charlotte, Indiana. I mean, I guess three and five on this trip. Um, I I I still would say three and five. I just um, it's hard to kind of guess where these wins come from because coming into the Denver game, I think the, the Clippers were about. I want to say seven point underdogs. I, I'm not exactly sure on that, but. Um, they were they were underdogs in that game, and they were able to make it a close one. Were very close to pulling it out on a number of occasions. Just you know didn't have a turnover here or a missed shot there, and it kind of just went against you know, went against them. But um, it's kind of hard to, to predict where these wins come from because I could see this team beating Philadelphia and then losing to Orlando, uh, given the way they've played the last couple weeks. So it's just it's very hard to see like predict what what this what kind of team we see on a night to night basis but like Reggie said we'll see what this team is kind of made of over the next week week and a half so 
I'm looking forward to it myself. So uh, FanDuel has Philadelphia as seven and a half point favorites Friday night. Uh, 538 has the Sixers as eight and a half point favorites. The Sixers are currently presented with an 80% win probability for the game. So that actually sounds perfectly reasonable and about right, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what that game could look like. The night to night ebbs and flow of the NBA season are kind of wonky. For instance, as we're recording this, the Indiana Pacers are on the second night of a back to back up in Golden State. And they're currently up by four points with about five minutes to go. And they've played in this game without Malcolm Brogdon, without Karis LeVert, and without Demodis Sabonis. Not to mention they don't have Miles Turner right now. They're missing basically four of their starters. And they're currently up four on the Warriors with five and a half to go, despite Steph Curry having 30. So, yeah, I like the NBA on a night-to-night basis, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. And that's why you got to come out with good energy all the time because you never know if you can win a game that most people didn't think you could. And that's just where the Clippers are at. Maybe they surprise another Eastern Conference team. They surprised they surprised Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Maybe they surprise the 76ers in Philadelphia on Friday night. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how many free throw attempts Embiid is granted. Uh, he does draw a lot of fouls. Yes, quite a few of them are very legitimate. Uh, he, he's second or first in free throw attempts per game, as you noted. Um, after after Jokic had more free throw attempts than their entire team, I don't know what Friday night's game in Philly can do because according to Synergy, Nikola Jokic was fouled by the Clippers 15 times. It's according to Synergy. The Clippers were whistled for 15 personal fouls against Nikola Jokic alone. The Nuggets were called for 15 personal fouls throughout the entire game as a team. So if that kind of disparity happens again in Philadelphia, it's going to be a very long night, and Teron Liu might absolutely lose his mind, get fined, maybe get suspended. Because Ty stepping up the way that he did post-game seemed like the kind of guy who was stepping up to the plate and going to bat for his guys who competed all night and what Ty thought was unfavorable conditions and really went to bat for his guys and talked about how proud he was of them. It was a coach who was very happy with his team and not happy with the way things worked out. And I think that's why all the players, whoever we talk to always loves playing for Ty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, the only difference is, um, Ooh, how do I say this nicely without, you know, getting all hot takey. Um, Embiid actually gets hit. I mean, Jokic does too. And I feel like Jokic tries to sell too much and that kind of goes against him. Um, like referees have kind of caught on to his like antics and they're like, all right, we're not, we're not going to give you this call because even though he might be getting hit, he's just not getting a call. Cause they're like, all right, you, you look like you're trying to sell it. Uh, whereas I don't think Embiid really does that as much. He, 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 he I feel like he gets more contact than, than Jokic does. Um, but that's, that's just my opinion. If you disagree with me, I, that, that's fair. I also don't really care. So that's fine. Um, but I fully expect a, a 12 to 14 free throw game from Embiid. Uh, just because he's, I mean, he's had uh, this season alone, he's had 21 games with at least 10 free throws. And I believe, uh, what is it, nine games without? Nine games with fewer than 10? It was 12 games. 12 games fewer than 10 free throws. So, like, this is a guy who gets to the line routinely. Um, he, he makes it a point of emphasis to attack and, and get teams in foul trouble. 
Um, it, it's just the way he plays, the way Philly plays. They, they, especially without um, a point guard in Ben Simmons, they they have to rely on Embiid night in and night out, and he's he's been delivering over the last two and a half weeks. I think he scored thirty points in all, but like one game in the last three weeks, something like that. So, um, definitely been impressive to see him perform. But uh, yeah, I, I think that there's um th- there's there's a real chance that Embiid ends up torching them and going for going for a nice little 40, 40 piece because has Embiid even lost to the Clippers in his career? I I don't feel like he has. I would have to look it up. I I I feel like he has to have. Hmm. Why why wouldn't he have lost to the Clippers? Because the Clippers haven't really had a great team in the in the time that they've that they've uh, that he's been in the NBA. I don't think. That's I mean he's been in the NBA like six seven years now. There there might be. Um... Oh, you're right. You're actually right. Embiid is six and zero against the Clippers in his career. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. I, I don't think I've ever seen them in lose to the Clippers. One time, I remember he came to LA when it was the Tobias Gallo year, and he just lit him up for like forty. He had forty-one then, that know, night. Yeah, so like I, I he I don't remember him losing to the Clippers. He's he's been dominant against them. They've beaten him every time, uh, clearly. So, yeah, I I fully expect another Sixers win. Like he's just he's a tough tough guard. Yeah, I'm actually trying to figure out what the closest game was. So the last time they played was a 106-103 Sixers win. Um, oddly enough, the games have been very close despite the stuff Embiid has done. This is actually crazy. Like The clo- the, the only game that was decided by more than like seven points came in uh, February of 2018. And Embiid had 29 and 16 that night. The fewest points Embiid has scored against the Clippers is 26. He's He's gone for 26, 28, 29, 32, 36, and 41. Wow. In, in the six games. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, maybe the Clippers finally... Because I, I remember for the longest time, the Clippers couldn't beat LeBron on the road. Remember that? Like, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And they finally they finally beat him. It was like the weirdest thing. Um, yeah, I don't know what, uh, what this game is going to have in store for the Clippers, but I, I know that their effort's going to be good, even if their energy might look like it's dissipating. They're still going to be trying their ass off, which is a positive. So <laughs> I I don't know anymore. I don't know. I'm what just looking at his, to be honest with. I'm looking at his, I know this is a seven game trip, but we'll focus on the rest of the games as well. But like in, in the six games that he's played against them, all wins, it's nine free throws. The game, he had 41 points, then 18 free throws, 16 free throws, 13, 12 and 13. Like this guy just routinely gets there. And while taking like 17, 18, 23, he had 32 shots that one game. He scored 40. Like, this guy is a monster. Gee, I wonder where the ball's going tonight. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey season, buddy. I mean, shit. Is no, Shake Milton still there? Him. He might go for 30. He's been out for a while. He's dealing with okay. an injury. But, but Tyrese uh, did he kill him? So, yeah. What wasn't, wasn't it dubbed like the Shake Milton game here in L.A.? Wasn't it against the uh, Dockers Clippers? Yeah, I remember that. They they barely won that game. It's insane. It was absolutely so, so, oh, so they beat they beat the Sixers, but Embiid didn't play that game. Ah, okay. Correct. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So they have beaten the Sixers. Well, hey, they then play New York Sunday morning, afternoon, whatever. So that'll be interesting. Um But look, the game the game Wednesday night was uh I guess how do I phrase every single Clippers Nuggets game has been decided by three points or less 
And in each of the three games, a team has had a shot to tie or win at the final buzzer. That's insane. They're so because everyone on their team is injured, they're so evenly matched. Yeah, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say the whole uh, uh, every game is coked out with crazy shots and stuff, but that works too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I did have the tweet last night where every single Clippers Nuggets game is like you're skydiving while snorting uh, snorting LSD and shotgunning a four loco. <laughs> did you just randomly remember that, or did you pull that up? No, I just randomly remembered that because I. I I remember tweeting that and then it's, it's seared into my brain at this point. <laughs> but, um, and yes, yes folks, but... I know you don't snort LSD. Okay. Just relax, please. <laughs> um, yeah. As for the rest of this trip, like if they can get, um, Marcus and, and, and Batum back, um, I think three and five is very much in play. Uh, just because of the, like we said, the sort of unpredictable nature of the NBA. I don't, I, I it's hard for me to predict more than three wins. Um, you know, Charlotte, I, I predicted they might beat Charlotte, but Charlotte's beaten Milwaukee twice and they've been playing pretty good basketball of late. So I, I think they also beat Boston on national TV the other day too. So, um, really, really hard good, to man. know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where, where the wins come from in this trip, but they've got to come from somewhere because, um, you know, the Blazers, the Kings, uh, the, the Spurs, they're, they're not great, but they're, they're, they're coming. They're, they're right behind the Clippers. So still got to win some games here. <sighs> all right, buddy, let's get the hell out of here. Let's go on Call of Duty and, and not use double barrels, all right? I might have to quit. I might have to find a new game uh, with this double barrel news. It's just, this is more depressing than, like, Kawhi's ACL news, to be honest. This is just, oh, I don't know what to do with my, myself now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm getting out of here now. That was the, you are, you are out of your damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, take it easy. We'll see you all uh, next week. Uh, probably like Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember what game. So, so the, the Clippers are off Monday. So a podcast should be up Monday. All right, folks, everybody take it easy. Stay safe. Tomer, thank you. Tell, tell the people Dooshish. you love them. Oh, uh, it's fine. I love you guys. That's right. He loves you all. Everybody take it easy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you all later. And as always, stay hydrated. It's a big deal. Stay hydrated, folks. We'll see you all later. Bye.